Hello and welcome everybody to The Real Spotlight, Episode 5. In today's episode, we are joined by our guest Tommy, who goes by my nerdy obsessions on Instagram, and we're going to discuss the Emmys, House of the Dragon, and Rings of Power. So before we get to my questions for Tommy, I just want to let everybody know how I found him on Instagram. I started following Mania early 2020, and then by late 2020, she started sharing I noticed she was sharing a lot of stuff from this account and I kept clicking on the story and then, I, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I ended up following Tommy, which is my nerdy obsession. I didn't think nothing of it. <laughs> I kept following, kept sharing his stuff as well. And then I think a year later, somehow, I don't know how, I just, maybe you said something that he was your boyfriend. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were together. And then I invited Tommy on Instagram live this year. Yeah, I thought he was very good. So I'm like, we're going to make sure he comes out on the podcast. But I just wanted to full disclosure that I had no idea they were dating until way after I started following him. So yeah, we keep the relationship on DL on. When we had our first guest, Quinn, we asked him, what were the movies or TV shows that made him a fan? Do you remember what was the first movie you saw that made you go, wow, I really love this or something that you really want to get into? Yeah, definitely. I was actually thinking about uh, something similar the other day when I saw the trailer for Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans and when and just how that's sort of semi-autobiographical about his life and stuff. And it just made me really excited because I was thinking about how much of an impact his movies had on my life growing up. When I was a kid, it was all Indiana Jones and Jaws and Star Wars, pretty much as predictable a three movies that you could think rotating around a young kid's life. Steven Spielberg and his films and George Lucas and Star Wars TV is sort of another thing. I mean, I would watch anime, Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that okay. here and there. And like, yeah, I watched like the Disney Channel when I was a kid, but my passion for like movies and stuff like that was all from Star Wars and all of that stuff, all of those classic films, E.T. I mean, the list goes on and on. I was the last month I watched E.T. and Jaws on IMAX, and those were some great, that was a great experience. Obviously, I was too young. I mean, it was I was three years old when E.T. came out and I wasn't even born when Jaws came out. So seeing Jaws, on IMAX with this, you know, what was funny is I was the only person in the theater and I got in the theater and there was, and I counted like the rows, there was 325 seats in that theater and I was the only one. But when we went to watch ET, I took my son and my daughter and that was a great experience as I just, you know, ET is just so damn lovable and good that I, I kind of got teary eyed watching. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not going to lie when he's, when he crosses the moon for the first time with his bike and that music from John Williams soars, I'm like, oh shit, am I really going to cry for this? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you, because I'm not going to have Mani ask you questions because that's silly. He knows already. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unless you have a question that you want to find out stuff about him that you don't know. I'll let you, I'll let you ask. She knows right. everything. <laughs> okay. So, First of all, how long have you had your Instagram page and what compelled you to start one? I've had my Instagram page since about 2016, I think. So coming up on six years, I think a little over six years now, maybe. And what inspired me to start it is I was really looking for a creative outlet 
to do anything. I didn't know if I wanted to start a YouTube channel. I didn't know if I wanted to start making short movies or something, or I really just was looking for any sort of creative outlet at all. And I stumbled across some random pages recommended to me on Instagram doing toy photography and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's actually really cool. You can make like something that looks like a movie scene with just like a couple realistic looking action figures or something like that. And I was like, that seems like something you could do, like just right there in your backyard, you know? And uh, that's what sparked my interest in it. And then I started doing it and I was like, oh, I'm actually not that bad at doing this. So then I made the Instagram page and sort of just progressively did it more and more over the years and grew a little bit of a following on there and made a lot of friends. And have you um, spent money on like equipment for your page? Oh, yeah. Um, just like cameras and the yeah. figures themselves, if you want to count that towards the equipment on my page. I mean, yeah, because I'm pretty sure you have a nice camera. I mean, you know, the phones yeah. nowadays do oh, take yeah. nice pictures, but it's I don't I just no, think it's not having a real camera just makes a big difference. Totally. All right, before we get into our main topics, let me just ask you really quick. What are your top five films of this year so far? So, so far, and we have not seen as many films as we would like to have seen so far, but we have seen enough to make this list. Uh, Bodies, 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 I have at number five. I thought that was really fun. Um, The Northman, I really loved. Robert Eggers. The Batman, you already know I love The Batman. That's my number three. And then number two and number one, they're always changing in my head, but they were both masterpieces. Everything Everywhere All at Once, I have a number two, and then Top Gun, which I recently rewatched, and it's amazing at number one. Yeah, the original Top Gun, I wasn't, because growing up, you know, I had in my head, this movie's, you know, Top Gun is a classic. And then I wanted to rewatch it, and I go, damn, this is like a glorified music video. <laughs> I love the music, but like the movie's so corny and cheesy. but back to the point is that i haven't seen a sequel to a a movie to an original movie i didn't like be so much better like oh yeah it's not it's obvious it's not the greatest sequel of all time because there's like five movies that are masterpieces that are sequels but this movie is so much better than the first one it's like a masterpiece to the original so i don't know if i'm making any sense but no totally my brother-in-law was saying that the other day i showed it to him for the first time and he was like this movie has no right a sequel to top gun has no right being as good as this is and to be as successful like this movie doesn't stop making money it kind of reminds me of avatar in 2009 yeah, it wasn't crushing in the box office, but it stayed consistent for so many months that it keeps making five, six, seven, five. Six. Like it doesn't stop making that money every week. It's almost number ten all time. It has like I think eighty million to go to reach top ten of, of global global box office. I think it's like number six or seven now. Yeah, in, in US in domestic it's like six or seven. Yeah. I read something today. I don't know if it's true or not. Something about another Top Gun with Harry Styles being Tom Hanks's son, long lost son. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but it's from a it's from a Twitter account that is pretty reliable. So I don't I don't know. Any Wait, thoughts Tom on that? Hanks. 
No, Harry Styles. Oh, Tom Cruise. I think you oh, meant Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. did I say Tom Hanks? You did. Oh my! I, like, I will Hanks cut that up. I didn't realize I said Tom Hanks. Was uh, <laughs> coming out of Top Gun three? Actually, I would really be into that. Seeing how old is Tom Hanks now? He's in almost seventy. Maybe he could be Tom Cruise's dad. Or yeah, Tom Cruise's dad. Because Tom Cruise looks like he's what? He looks younger than me. Yeah, anyway. he, he did age backwards for this movie. I'm not going to lie. Or he didn't age at all. <laughs> all right, we'll return to this Top Gun 3 talk sometime next year or never. I don't know. But for now, we're going to jump um, straight into the Emmys and talk about those and the winners and whatnot. Now, I'll be honest, there are a lot of shows in there I have not seen because this year, last year, I was so good. I think I watched over... 20 shows but this year it's been the complete opposite i can't seem to commit it's not that i'm watching bad things i just can't binge things anymore i don't know but uh so there's a lot i haven't seen in there but did you watch the emmys tony i didn't watch the the actual show i just kept getting updates actually i didn't realize i'm looking at the list that out of the seven shows that were nominated for best drama i saw six of them i haven't seen euphoria i actually watched the first episode of euphoria and i i um tried I, I don't, watch, yeah yeah go ahead i tried watching euphoria when season one was out i just can't, can't relate to that show like i know it's not meant to be relatable but i will say this that some of the performances in there are they really are fantastic and the reason why i wanted to check it out is because i'm like okay is Zendaya really much better than laura linney in ozark because i thought laura linney in season three of ozark should have won best actress and i go okay she lost to zendaya let me just check it out and that first episode you can see that she's a true tour de force performance in there but i just haven't gone back to it yeah so yeah let me get that straight it's not that i didn't like it i just haven't gone back to it i'll be honest i'm not really into euphoria so don't at me okay (laughs) how about you tommy did you watch any of the shows that were nominated for best drama so when it comes to the outstanding drama series i have seen everything except for ozark euphoria and severance severance out of those is the one that i want to watch the most i just feel like that show is right up my alley for um, i I think you about i think is one of the most original shows i've seen in a long time i just can't believe i mean i'm so impressed that ben stiller directs a lot of the episodes and i go shit this dude needs to direct movies too i mean he's directing movies but he needs to direct like a real serious sci-fi drama black you know it's insane because i the last three episodes of the series are like tens so you know how i said i've been really bad with watching movies watching tv shows this year it's because tommy wants to watch everything together (laughs) and it's like becoming impossible so with sandman that just came out on netflix i was like watch it watch it i'll watch it when you're not home or it's your weekend on i don't know just watch it because otherwise we're not going to get through anything i have and the I same issue <laughs> i have the same issue with my wife she's like let's watch this show like i can do that when it's a show like we started watching house of the dragon she didn't and they said let's watch this it's a weekly show we can watch it on sundays that's fine but i can't start a new show with her that's already a couple seasons in because we'll never finish it I hate to say it, but like, <laughs> look, Better Call Saul, I kept it off watching it for so many years. And my son, he's like, you got to watch it because I love Breaking Bad as my second favorite show. 
after dark. And then I said, I want to watch I Love Bob Odenkirk. And I said, you know, here, I'm just going to watch the first two episodes. And I kid you not, five weeks later, I watched all six seasons. <laughs> it's impossible but, to stop watching that show. And, it's and incredible. It's crazy because it's one of those shows that I was literally going into work with two hours of sleep because I was staying up till two and three in the morning to keep watching. Yeah. And I'm watching it on the side. I'm watching it. So that's the only reason how I got through it. It's rare for me. To, for, I, the last time that happened to me was with Dark. It's only happened to me f- a few times that I couldn't stop watching a show. I remember Battlestar Galactica. I, I couldn't stop watching it. I okay, like, Dwight. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I'm going on a tangent there. Yeah, funny so. story is um, when Tommy started watching Better Call Saul, he he had the Rona, so he was home all the time. And I think I came home one day and I was like, this is all you do now. You just watch Better Call Saul all day. And I just stormed out of the room. It's when I I, I mentioned the last episode that what was the last episode that I, I had a foot surgery. Of, oh, it was a Game of Thrones episode that I read all the books when I had to, you know, I couldn't move. And that that's those four months I watched. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe I'm gonna say it. I watched eleven seasons of Frasier. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I watched all eleven seasons, but I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. I I couldn't stand up. I had to be in bed all day. So I watched eleven seasons of Frasier. That's when I read all the Game of Thrones books. So I had nothing to do. Oh yeah. I watched. I I was watching Breaking Bad. I first started watching Sons of Anarchy, and I go, "Oh, this is pretty good." I got to like the sixth episode, and then when I started watching Breaking Bad, I I never went back to watch sons of i haven't even gone back still <laughs> but anyway <laughs> anyway back what was the question i was gonna say speaking of emmys and better call saul how many emmys has better call saul now been nominated for and it's never won a single one uh That's the craziest i saw step 46 46 total nomination it's nominations and it's never won an emmy and then I put up a story that I was really pissed. And then somebody sent me a DM and said, hey, by the way, it's still going to be eligible for next year. Um, yeah. Because the second part right. is going to be for 2023. So if it doesn't win anything next year, I'm I'm done with TV. I'll be pretty upset. The, these, the second part is some of the greatest writing. Totally. Cinema for a show like. There's some shots there that I I can't stop thinking about. They're so creative. Oh yeah. But the and there, there's a yeah. there's a scene with Kim Wexler or Rhea. I forgot her last name. Is it Sheehorn or Shea? Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing just there, now. I won't spoil I think it for it's people. Rhea Sheehorn. I know yeah, what yeah. scene you're talking about. There's a scene where she. It's probably one of the rawest emotional scenes I've seen ever. And if she doesn't win Best Supporting Actress, then we'll, we'll we'll go to wherever it's being hosted and burn it down. I will go with you because okay. I know what you're talking about. And yeah. if that doesn't win an acting award, then what's the point in having acting awards? Because it's not, I... It's um, even acting. Yeah, so Julia Garner won Best Supporting Actress. This is her third straight Emmy. I'm okay with it because now I know that Rhea Sheehorn will be eligible for next year. Because Julia Garner in the last episode, of, uh, in the season finale of part one of season four, <laughs> that was confusing. She she yells out something, and I was scared. 
she got something from the inner side of her soul to yell this something out. And I go, holy shit, right there. That right there is going to win her another Emmy. So I knew that Severance will have a long shot to win Best Drama. I know everybody, including me, loves Secession. I thought the third season of Secession was, if I had to rank it, it would be ranked third. It was still, I still would give it a 9 out of 10. I thought season two was the better season. So I was hoping that Severance will win. Okay, so that's for the drama series. How about like comedy? I know Ted Lasso won, I think is well-deserved. Um, for those other shows, I think I've watched Barry, which I think it's kind of odd for Barry to be in the comedy category because that last season of Barry wasn't funny at all. I mean, it was an amazing season, but I didn't see any humor in it. Do you watch any? Did you watch it, Tommy? Yeah, Barry? I watched. Uh, I binged. That was another one of my Rona watches, along with <laughs> Better Call Saul. I binged that entire season in one day, one sitting. And you know what? You should make a post. Rona watches. Yes, <laughs> great Rona watches. Barry is a very good one. Not funny at all, especially as the show has progressed. That show is literally just about murder and horrible things happening to people. And that last episode was very sad. And you saw a very, I mean, no spoilers, but just seeing a good person forced to do a terrible thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's a very dark show. The dark, the darkness has definitely overshadowed the comedy at this point. I could see how you could argue that the first season was... Yeah, dark would, comedy, yeah, but even then it was still a very dark show. Have you seen so have you seen any of the shows on the for best comedy? I've Mania. only seen what we do in the shadows and I love it. And I do want to see it win one year because I feel like it's been nominated every year, but it doesn't win. But it's where, hilarious. Where is it? Where does it play? Because I've seen so many. It's on different FX. Clips. Okay. And if you have Hulu, they always put it on Hulu the day after. Okay. Yeah. Is that the clip where the guy's like, "Are you from New or something about New York?" I believe so. It's it's basic. You've seen the movie, right? No. Oh my god. Okay. You. It's so funny. It is so funny. But I. That's the thing. I love the movie so much that when I got into the show, I was like, "There's no way this is gonna be nearly as good." So it's based off of when was the movie released? The movie was released in 2014, and was that Tyke? Not. It wasn't Taika's first work, but one of the first. But oh, he's involved in it. Okay. Oh, he created it. He's in it. He wrote it. It's just all around hilarious. I've never laughed that much, like reciting quotes in my head. (laughs) Should I watch the movie first? Yeah, definitely watch the movie first. The shows again, just as funny. I would say just a little different because again, he's from New Zealand, so it's like more. It's different. It's different humor, but they're both funny. And I love it's like The Office, but with vampires. Think of it like that. Oh, okay. (laughs) So before we move on to talk about Rings of Power, I wanted to talk about one more category, and that's the lead actor in a drama series. Yeah, I think uh, we promoted the Emmy talk, but we it's kind of weird. We didn't really <laughs> watch any shows. We will do a better job next year and make sure to yeah. Next watch year we'll watch TV shows separately, Tommy and I, so I can watch way yes. more. And he can watch. Way more. Yes, blame him. Obviously, it's all, right. all my fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> all right, the this is the biggest surprise. This lead actor because I. I for sure thought the winner had no shot. And that is, I, I forgot. 
I'm going to say his name wrong, but Lee Jung Jai on Squid Game. He was, did you guys, well, first off, did you guys watch Squid Game? Yes. What did you guys think of it? Tommy, you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, like a lot of people, I loved it all the way up until, I mean, I loved the whole show for the most part, but I feel like a lot of people, there was a divide that started when those guys with the horrible, what was it? The American guys came mm-hmm. in. Yeah, that was And they, they were yeah. so goofy and silly and it, it just it, completely yeah, yeah. took you out of the show. It was like, really? They really made these evil guys a bunch of cartoon characters? Yeah, that's the one episode that, minus them, it was good. <laughs> it was a yeah. really good episode. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like stereotypical American dumbasses in there, which is <laughs> kind just of like, come on. Which maybe it was kind of a F you to American audiences. Like, well, you guys always betray us as the Asian stereotypes. We're going to do it to you right. guys. And that sixth episode, I won't just, I won't spoil it, but it's one of my favorite episodes of any show ever. And that's when they're playing the game, the marble game. Um, <laughs> what about you, Manya? Actually, what would you rate it, Tommy, the season? I would probably rate it an eight. Eight out, out of ten. ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I loved that. I thought that that was the climax of the season for sure. That marble game, though. And I did think he did give a really good uh, performance, the lead actor, although I'm not sure if it was quite as good as some of the other Emmy nominations. Yeah. But how about you, Mania? What would you did you enjoy it? What did you give rate? What did you rate it? I did enjoy it, but probably I wouldn't rank it as high as you guys would. I I thought it was a really enjoyable show. It was really easy to watch and pinch through it. But when it was done, I sat back and thought about it. And it was definitely far from perfect. And I watched it a little later than most people did. And all the reviews I read were like raving about how this is one of the best shows ever made. And I think I went in with that mentality, thinking it's going to be another dark and I don't know. It was just, it was not on par with the reviews I read. I did enjoy it again. I mm-hmm. didn't agree with how it ended. I thought this should have just been a one season and that's it. Yeah. Me too. But yeah. So, but I mean, if I were to rate it again, I did enjoy it a lot. I even put it in the list of my favorite TV shows from that year that I watched. So I think a fair grade would be it also an eight out of 10. Before that seventh episode with the American cartoon guys, I was in my head like, this show is going to be like a 9.5 for me. I thought, you know, spoiler alert, having the old guy be the mastermind was kind of a, it wasn't like an amazing reveal, but I thought having the show continue dropped it another 0.5. Um, I think, so I think I ended up 8.5. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, and then I read something that the games in season two are going to be even more insane. So maybe that'll save it, but hopefully they'll figure out a creative way to make it more engaging yeah for the guy to win best actor over brian cox and jeremy strong even jason bateman bob odenkirk i don't know maybe it's one of those (laughs) mind-boggling winners that we're going to talk about for a long time but anyway congrats to the guy i think we'll end the emmy talk there let's go into rings of power (laughs) we talked about it in our what episode last episode we talked about rings of power yeah. i believe so yeah yeah and we talked about actually looking back on the rating i gave for the second episode i feel dumb now because i rewatched it i'm like oh this is a seven two <laughs> I, wow you're <laughs> really <laughs> okay well, yeah we'll i i did to rewatch it twice seven's now. not that bad 
Yeah, because I gave it like an eight because I was just like, when they were in Casa Doom with the doors, I'm like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And deep down, it's a seven. But anyway, <laughs> before I get to <laughs> the first two episodes, you did you watch all three? Yeah, I've watched all three episodes. I'm okay. definitely a big Lord of the Rings fan, more so the movies. I've never read the books, but as obsessed with the movies as uh, as anybody but uh what would you rate the first two episodes before you talk about episode three what would you rate the first two um i would probably give the first episode a six <laughs> i would give the second episode a seven and the third episode i would uh, give uh, no a... not yet oh sorry sorry My <laughs> okay bad. no My no bad. uh <laughs> i really did not enjoy the first episode all that much the first episode felt like it was three hours long so i think we kept pausing it hoping it would be like only 10 minutes left but it just yeah, moved I couldn't like believe five it. minutes more. yeah i mentioned that that day that i watched i fell asleep because it was a i mean i get up really early for work but <laughs> This, the third one. Okay, let's just talk about the third one. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to tell you what I think, and then I'll let you guys go. The third one took me like three days to watch because I couldn't stop falling asleep, and I wasn't tired. I couldn't believe what I was watching. After Looks all like- the shit I said for episode two, how I'm so happy this the the course of the show, is it's on its way, and then this episode, I, I don't know what I was watching. Substance. I didn't know it. It, <laughs> it felt like a completely different show. These characters are talking. I'm like, who cares? Where are the dwarves? What was that? Elrond? Like, yo, I, I never went from a. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give it like a 4.5 this episode. Because Whoa, that's very low. That's I was upset. <laughs> I was upset that I gave it such a raving review the second episode that I'm like they let me down. And no then it kind of Yeah, I'm like okay, they're doing about these they go to the city and there's this queen and this this these other they're, they're trying to introduce all these other characters and I'm like I don't care about these characters. Start stay focused on Elrond and Galadriel and the dwarves and the stranger. Just the, the last five minutes were actually not that bad. Anyway, Tommy, what did you think? Um, so, anyways, the third episode, I did not hate it as much as you did. I actually think I, I don't know. I when I first watched it, I thought it was my favorite episode of the show so far. Even though I agree that it was slow, and I don't really know. The show has me very conflicted right now because on one hand, there's a ton of stuff about the show that I really like. I mean, obviously the visuals are pretty spectacular and I thought the third episode had so many beautiful just like scenery and vista shots that you would come to expect from Lord of the Rings, but I feel like the show just has such a pacing problem that makes it move so slow and then it introduces these news characters and in the third episode it was just like here's these people with no setup whatsoever and it's like you know that it's a sealed door from fellowship but how of the can Ring. that be I, I didn't even know how I know, it doesn't make any sense because he's not even supposed to be alive at this time from what i've heard yeah. from people on youtube it, it felt like a filler a show this young in its start should not have a filler episode like this you right. know st- shows that are established in their fifth season can have an episode like this where i'll go back to battlestar galactica season three it had a lot of filler episodes that were like different characters and stories and you're, okay that's fine because we know the main character we can go with it but this is kind of like like who gives a shit 
Like, hurry up. Anyway, anyway, Monty. Yeah. What about you? You guys can't see me, but I'm doing the air quotes of I watched this episode. So I like you guys know I went to New York for a week. So I was behind on everything. And this was the one last thing I had to watch to catch up on everything. And oh my God, it, it would not end. It would not end. Like you said, I did not care about any of the dialogues. I did not care about any of what the characters had to say. It was just so boring. And I, 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 I and you know, it's funny because I, <laughs> I went to IMDb and I, and I go, this, this thing has to have like a five <laughs> and it's like the highest rated one. I know I said, something is up. There is no way that this is rated higher than the second one. There's yeah. no way. I just like, just like you, I was upset because see uh, episode two showed so much promise I even said that just like you, I'm excited to see where the show goes from this point on. And then like both of you guys said, they introduce all these new characters before developing the core characters. Like I don't feel attached to a single character in this show. I don't care if any of them die. I, it's like, that's how much I don't care. And Tony, I even texted you saying, I don't know how much more of the show I can take because I'll, I mean it. <laughs> I'll keep watching. One sh- There's one shot that they show Galadriel on horseback. Like, I'm like, amateur filmmaking here. Like, what is this? Yeah, that grin on her face. Well, so corny. Like, how about just pan the camera back and we could see her riding in that beautiful scenery. We don't need a... Oh, the camera right next to her face in slow mo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, or how about like a progressive, like you see her writing and her face is serious, and then a smile slowly comes on her face, and I can just like I feel like there's so many ways they could have gone about making that particular scene better. I think this movie, this movie, this TV show lacks good writing. It all boils down to that. The pacing is all over the place. You think like, where is the money going? Is it going all to visuals? Because if you're going to spend $700 million on the first season with only eight episodes, be like, okay, our top priority, okay, we've got to make sure it looks amazing. But the second priority is hire amazing writers. That would be me. I mean, we got to make sure our writing and dialogue is tight. Yeah. Makes sense. Like, who cares if you have good looking characters? If you don't have a dialogue that's stimulating, it's going to make people drift and like me fall asleep. Like I'm I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to keep watching it just to watch it. But like, I don't have any confidence anymore. Any anything else about Rings of Power before we move well, on? Well, before we move on, I'm just gonna say that this was probably like a five out of ten for me, just because it felt like a chore watching it. But yeah, I'm ready to move on. Let's move on and talk about House of the Dragon because that's something I really want to talk about. But anyway, let's get to House of the Dragon. We didn't we had we didn't talk about season season. We didn't talk about the third episode. Uh, we skipped that. Actually, Tommy, what did you give the first three episodes? And are you digging it, the show? I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, it is totally returned to form for Game of Thrones. It, it's got some great dialogue again. It's got that scheming. I'm, I've been very impressed with everything because I was a little worried just because if you know the book that it's based on, it doesn't have like dialogue. It has yeah. good. It has a good story, a good source to build it on. But I was like, oh no, is the dialogue going to be like really TV showy or just I don't know? But I've thought it's been fantastic so far. I would probably give the whole show like probably like, I don't know, nine out of 10. So if I give it a 10 out of 10, but I'm just, you know, giving it room (laughs) to improve in case it gets better as it goes along. So in episode three, we get 
you know, our first shot, you see the crowd feeder because he was kind of a teaser for the end of episode two. And then we start off with Damon's dragon, Caraxes. That's his name, right? And he's just bringing down that dragon fire. And it's kind of funny because he he's all, all right, come out. I like, really? You think the guy's going to come out when you're sitting on a fucking dragon? <laughs> Everything on the show is just working so well. It's like a well-oiled machine now. All the characters. Patty Constantine is just impressing me more and more with every episode. Him as King Viserys. I just love him. But the last episode, actually, what did you give, uh, Mania? What did you give the third episode? What did you I enjoy think- it? Yeah, and I think that final scene in episode three just bumped up the grade by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, as far as what I would rate it, probably like a 9.4 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, this last one, I thought it was much more um, slowly paced, but I think that was on purpose because you can see how they're trying to set everything up. The next episode, for everybody who doesn't know, we talked about this actually earlier to the hint during text that after the next episode, it's going to have a time jump of like 10 to 15, I think 10 years. So we're going to have different actors and actresses play uh, Rhaenyra and uh, Allison, and Damon will be played by Matt Smith still. That's kind of be weird because I'm going to miss <laughs> the two actresses because they've done so well the first five episodes. But anyway, what would you give episode four, Tommy? Um, I mean, episode, what did you think of it? Uh, episode four, episode three. No, episode four. The, the one okay, from episode uh, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I think episode four was my favorite episode of the season so far, even if it wasn't the most action packed. And I loved the Damon stuff on the stepstones at the end of the last episode. It reminded me of a uh, Jon Snow going out and being a badass, taking a bunch of people out on the on the battlegrounds. So that was cool. But 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 let me jump in. Actually, do you <laughs> can you imagine how petty he is? He's like. I'd rather die trying right. to kill this guy than let my brother take any credit. Yeah, like, screw this. I'm not going to let my brother tell me, like, oh, I'm sorry that you haven't been able to win this war. I'm going to send my people there to help you now. So don't worry. It's going to be over soon. Um, but yeah, episode four, I just, it has everything that I love about Game of Thrones in it. It's got the scheming. It's got the deep character moments that make you think it has the messed up stuff that makes you feel super sympathetic like for Alicent I just felt so bad for her in that scene where you see and I even felt bad for Viserys because I'm sure that he's even said it himself that he has genuine love for her but I didn't see any genuine love on her face when they were in the bedroom together yeah what would be your rating before we get to Amania. Um, I'd probably give this one a solid nine out of ten. Um, if the other ones are like eight to eight and a half, this one would be like a a nine. I really, really enjoyed it. Mania, what what did you think of the would you watch it today, right? So it's fresh in your mind. No, actually I watched it last night. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I hundred percent agree with Tommy that this felt like it went back to what Game of Thrones was with the scheming and just little finger and the various type yeah, of pretty much scheming. But it was funny because, you know, the part where she had to pick like a suitor for herself, I was like, huh, this is like the dating apps back then. Swipe left, swipe right, which one you want, which one you don't. (laughs) And then then, like later in the episode, Lady Allison gets greeted by like one of her maids and she's like, oh, the king calls for your like presence. And I was like, oh, my God, is this a booty call? (laughs) 
<laughs> and we were cracking up because I was like, this is the most modern way of like, that's what it would have been today. And then in this day, it was just different, but it just still applies to the old. You know, you know actually, let me, you know, was one of the <laughs> funniest scenes. <What? laughs> it's when the little dude is like, well, here's from what I have it. Oh, in yeah. House when Black he... in or House um, Black Black in and Blackwood, right? Blackwood. Blackfire. Black. Yeah, yeah. And he's all, <laughs> the dude's just making fun of him. He's like, call him a cunt and all that yeah. shit. <laughs> and then when the little guy, I forgot, what was his name again? The, he was from the Blackwood or he was. I a, forget if he was a Bracken or a, either way. <laughs> so he's all, uh, he called him basically a Craven, which is what, a coward. Mm-hmm. And the little guy takes his sword out. And I love that it's in the background of when Renera and uh, Sir Crisp is it Crispin, right? Yeah. Um, the, in the night sky, they, they're just walking. The, they're just fighting in the back, and they're like, you hear the the sword go into some of. Really, he just killed that little kid. And then you look back, the little kid killed killed the, guy. the other one. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> and some of the memes are just flying. He's like, nope, my mama didn't raise no bitch. <laughs> That was awesome. I loved that scene. That felt it was very, just, uh, yeah, it was so like funny that it was in the background. Like they're just nonchalantly walking away. You know, two guys are fighting to the death and there's just like, it's so normal. What, Monty, what was your favorite part of the episode? Uh, I think my favorite part would have to be the relationship between Renera and Sir Kristen Cole. I thought that so scene it's was... Kristen, it's not Crispin. Like it's we not said. Crispin. Crispin. Right. Crispin. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was Crispin. All right, sorry, guys. No, it's, I just thought that scene was so well done. And even though you barely see their relationship, I cared for their relationship. And it just made me happy seeing her do that with somebody like him rather than her uncle. <laughs> but uh, let me just say that she was ready to go down. Oh, she was. She was, oh, she was. Uh, of a lack of a better word, um, on fire. I don't want to say that. <laughs> I guess I could say horny. Um, she was ready. She and was then I, she was. she was, yeah. And it was kind of funny because I'm, I, we watched that little after the episode. You guys watch that stuff? Like when I don't, but okay. So they, they're training and I go, wow, I did I thought he was he got pissed off about something. And then they're like, Yeah, because he couldn't get it up. I'm like, Oh, is that why he, he got pissed? Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. So he was gonna do it. But was, um, yeah. because in my mind, I'm thinking he just got her there on purpose so that he could go back and tell his brother, hey your daughter was in brothels and her name is going to be sullied. Now, let me just, let me just marry her real quick. And we could just, I thought that was the whole plan, but I didn't realize it was because he couldn't get it up. But (laughs) I think that was, I think you're on the right track though. I think that probably was his plan and he got pissed off that he wasn't able to go through with it because he even took her little disguise off didn't he didn't he yeah he did, well, I think he did that on purpose just so they could, yeah, see, the, them so they could see that it was her yeah. and then when she gets back to the room and she sees sir Kristen, sir Kristen looking crispy looking very handsome and she's like you know what um i can't go to bed i need to get release this energy i have before we (laughs) say anything else did you notice how the nude scenes and the sex scenes were were not super hardcore they were done tastefully yes i actually did take notice of that and did did you notice that the director was a female yeah tommy told me that oh like he told me before that scene that this was a episode directed by a female director and i think like i didn't i know i knew that it was a female because i saw the name like oh it's it's a female director that's cool 
And then while I'm watching this, I'm like, hmm, okay, see how nicely she's doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see like that first episode with <laughs> with Damon. They just show him he's just like silly. banging away. It's like, well, I don't need to see who cares about this anymore. But anyway, I, you can see how nicely done. Like the one she and Kristen is, you know, they're in the bed. Like it's they shot it so nicely. And That's it actually felt kind of romantic. <laughs> yeah, it's just not so, like yeah. It's not sensual. Like, it's not like uh, Kyle Drogo and Khaleesi just, all right, let me just do this real quick. <laughs> yeah. So any other parts that stood out for you, Manya? Yeah, probably the scene with Lady Alicent and um, Viserys also. That's just like Tommy said, you kind of feel bad for the both of them. She's kind of stuck in that situation because of her dad. But he genuinely does love her, but she he doesn't get that like back from her. So that scene was actually very sad to watch. Do you think, Tommy, that you felt Allison uh, was feeling kind of envious and pissed off at Renera because here she's stuck in a marriage that her whole purpose is to you know deliver heirs or be pregnant or be, and then you can she's seeing her friend just. Going out, having fun, nonchalant, not no worries in the world, and she and there's no repercussions. Yeah, um, I think absolutely. And there was even they were even doing it in the episode. They were juxta doing the juxtaposition between their two scenarios. They showed her in the bedroom, and then they were cutting away to her and Damon having a fun night together. Um, so I think they definitely did it there. And then earlier in the episode, even when um, they, her and Rhaenyra were talking to each other and Rhaenyra was like, I don't want to just be some wife that's locked up in the castle to give heirs or whatever, just to give out heirs all the time. And then she like looked a little upset and she was like, oh, sorry. And then she, sorry. yeah, she, Rhaenyra actually said, I'm, oh, oh, shit. Sorry. She was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And it was um, because now she's, well, a couple more years have passed or maybe another year has passed. So she's, she has stopped being cold to, Allison, and now she's more of being her friend again. What did you think of, about that, Manu? Um, I actually did like seeing their friendship rekindle because I did think they had like a sweet friendship in the beginning. Yeah. So I was kind of sad that I was like, oh, Allison did her dirty. So <laughs> I'm yeah. glad, like, I'm actually excited to see where the time jump will take their relationship. I, I think there was a great, great scene between Viserys and Renera where they do talk about she tells she tells her dad or the king you know you know you and damon were pretty much banging whores left and right and i can't even do that and he pretty much said yeah you can't that's just yeah. the way it is sorry like there was no and, and that's just and, and let me just say that's how it is in our world because if you have a guy if you have a woman doing what a guy does you call her a, what would we call her a slut and what would we call the guy? He'd be a player. Right. So basically, that's what she was saying. You guys could be players. And I got to be, you know, holding my maidenhood for one person. Mm -hmm. Right. So the way they wrote it, they did it well. It wasn't like came out of nowhere. But that's why he was like, you know what? I'm done being being passive and he got pissed and he goes you know what you're done you're she's like i'm just a polit you're my political headache you're gonna yeah. marry uh what's the guy from a uh, lord corliss's son 
I forgot his name, uh, Lenor. Lenor Valerian, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to marry him and that's it. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. But then it, all the scheming, she's like, I'll do it, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fire Otto. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that scene with him when he basically says, you know what? You this was your plan all along. And we've we're so used to like Littlefinger and Varus for so many seasons. And we were like, God, I wish they could something could happen to them. And we didn't have to wait too long with Otto. No. I gotta say though, I always like in the past episodes we've recorded, I've said how Viserys is kind of a soft king and it was so good to see him finally take charge in this episode. I actually really, really loved seeing that. Yeah, I think I, he's one of the, the big surprises for me because I, 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 Patty Constant, he's a really good actor, but he just brought this character to life. Like, I'm like, wow, he is incredible. And he's, I think he's my favorite actor so far on the show i mean everybody's doing really well but right now he's my standout i'm totally with you on that and viserys in general as a character just talking about the fire and blood book and how this show is sort of improving on certain aspects of it his character when you take his bare bones of this sort of weak king who's been manipulated and let people walk all over him when you see the bare bones of it in fire and blood you don't really feel sympathetic for him because you see like the very surface level you were a weak king. You got manipulated. Yada, yada, yeah. yada. These things happened to you. And um, so I didn't really feel all that bad for him. I don't know if that's just my Westeros yeah. mentality to where if somebody's weak, I'm like, you suck. <laughs> um, no, it's it's funny because I yeah. I shared a reel on our podcast IG page of George R.R. R. Martin talking about, and he talks about Viserys. And he, no, he, he says, has there been a character written better on the show than and for you that you've done. And he said, Viserys, the way their show wrote, wrote him, it's much better the way I wrote him in the book. Yeah, totally. Because I love his character in the show. And uh, the actor has just been doing fantastic job. All of his scenes, I'm just, I'm loving every single line of dialogue that he's saying. He's, he's fantastic. I think this next episode... What they're doing is like, we're going to have a nice, slowly paced one. And then the next one's going to be freaking insane. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine, two out of 10. Uh, what'd you give it, Mania? Um, I think it will be same as what I gave episode three, like a 9.4, because nothing really wrong with the episode. It was great. <laughs> and the episode just ends with the Grand Meister coming in and giving <laughs> giving uh, Renera a tea of some sort that's speculated to be like plan B. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely plan B, <laughs> but I was just kind of like, okay, um, here it is. I know you banged some guy. So here's a tea just in case of, of any, what did he say? Unwanted consequence. Yes. Unwanted consequences. Yeah. <laughs> Your grace. So we, we end the episode ends of her just staring at it. So we don't know if she drinks it or not. So right. that'd be interesting because obviously if she gets pregnant and has a baby and it's not blonde, we're going to, everybody's going to know that it's not Damon's. If it has brown hair and uh, we're going to, they're going to know it's not, she did some other dude because if she's going to marry, uh, was the Prince Lenor, Lenor mm-hmm. or Lenor? Mm-hmm. Cause he has yep. silver hair and she mm-hmm. has the 
freaking gold. So <laughs> Caleb brown hair is not going to make any sense. Make any, it's not yeah. going to fly, you guys. <laughs> it's going to be like... It's, it's like Robert. Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Like Joffrey with blonde hair. Anyway, that's that That was an interesting ending. And it just... The preview of it is got me hyped up. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, sometimes I wish they dropped it off like Netflix. But they're like, no, no, no. We need to build the anticipation. What do you think about the tea? Do you guys think she drinks it? It's not fair because you guys read the book. You know if she drank it or not. So you well, should not even I answer. I mean, I don't I'll know. They could, they could Uh-oh. change it. They could they change could, it. Yeah, they could change Remember, it. Remember, I don't honestly, I don't even know what's going to happen in next week's episode. Yeah. I'm going to say that she won't drink it because the show always needs more drama. All right, let's um, answer some questions we got here from Instagram. Let's start with film underscore junkies 94. He asked, will you guys be doing a spooky special for October? <laughs> I'm assuming we are because Mania is super into horror. I'm sh- I'm just going to say, yes, we'll be doing some themed episodes on horror and Halloween and all that good stuff. I'm yes. assuming correctly. If we don't. <laughs> I'm out. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> oh, that's but, a, yeah. that's a, that's a yes. That's an easy yes. Here's the next question from H6 Cinema. They ask films you find overrated. Tommy? Everybody seemed to love The Green Knight when it came out. I know that's a more recent one. I did not enjoy that movie really at all. And it's funny because I usually would like that kind of movie because I love artsy fartsy. Did you uh, fall asleep? Because it's I, an easy movie to fall. Like I didn't I, fall asleep. I dozed off once, but I, I like really liked it. I enjoyed the atmosphere that it had. I liked like the beginning, the first maybe ten or fifteen minutes, and then I just I don't know what happened. This yeah, the Green Knight is a a one hundred percent cinephiles movie. Yeah. If you're not into movies, if you're not into cinematography or art direction, like if I showed my wife the Green Knight. She'd be asleep in like three minutes. Like she will not stay awake for yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, anyway. And I usually love those types of movies, too. I don't know why, for whatever reason, it just didn't uh, didn't hit with me. Mania, do you have a, a few or a one? I, I agree with? with Tommy that The Green Knight felt very overrated for me, too, because we watched it and then we both kind of disliked it and then we saw instagram raving about it and i was like huh i was confused as a head scratcher but i also felt like that about midsummer which we talked about with our episode with quinn and um this one is a movie i actually liked but it didn't live up to the hype for me and that was vertigo from um yes i loved it don't get me wrong i did love the movie but again i just expected so i expected it to be my new favorite hitchcock movie and it just didn't live up to that i know i know (laughs) i liked it it's (laughs) It's hard because when you go back to see movies that are such acclaimed masterpieces Mm -hmm. by by many like when i watch citizen kane i go okay i really liked it but is it the greatest movie of all time no yeah i i mean the thing is so i i i'm recently discovering hitchcock movies but i loved rear window like that that's probably in my top 20 favorites of all time now so i don't know i think again watching vertigo after that i was expecting to love it even more than rear window and it just didn't happen i think sometimes (laughs) it's better not to have any expectations yeah going into anything because yeah it's hard for a newcomer to be like okay i'm gonna rewatch. i'm gonna watch 
all of Hitchcock because everybody says it's the greatest movies ever. And then um, I was just saying, I feel like your vertigo stuff, the overhypeness was partially my fault because I kept telling yeah. you over and over again, this is you my do favorite, that. You, this you is my do... favorite Hitchcock yeah. film. I've watched you do this that. I was a kid. <laughs> this is my favorite Hitchcock. They're going to love it. <laughs> And you're like watching her watch it. But that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's a lot of people's favorites. It's a lot of people's yeah. favorites when it comes to Hitchcock movies. And I think that's what my ex- that's why my expectations were set so high. But again, yeah, I, I did enjoy I, it, but not my favorite from him. I don't know. I'm I, I've seen a lot of his movies, but maybe there's a hot take. I'm like, I don't think he's like a top 10 director of all time. I mean, he's he did push the envelope, he did do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for the first time. But I think I do think he gets way overhyped as a filmmaker. I think it's it's because of what you just said. Like he pushed envelope. He did stuff that were new to the time. And yeah. I do think he's a great storyteller. Like his stories all fairly feel really unique, at least for the time. I'm going to give you three movies really quick and mm-hmm. you could comment. Titanic. I remember, <laughs> I remember watching the movie in the theater. I went with my mother. It was, uh, it was like, what, 97. It came out Christmas time. You could hear all the people crying at the end. <laughs> but anyway, I watched it twice in the theater. But as I got older, I'm like, this movie is just okay. Like, obviously, it looks pretty great at the end, but it just gets way overhyped. And then call Tommy me said that your dad's favorite. <laughs> Oh, my dad's best? obsessed. He's With addicted Titan? to Titanic. He'll put Titanic on anytime, anywhere. That's he like bottom tier Cameron for me. Like, I'm not even kidding. Um, but <laughs> I would never I, watch it. I, I watched it a lot growing up, but it's like, am I going to just put Titanic on as a James Cameron movie that I feel like watching? No, I'm not, not no. going to put it on. And it's always available on netflix for the longest it never is right. never out of there it's always there uh, next movie is call me by your name i watched it twice and i still gave it a seven yes. and then the next movie that i have for overrated was the florida project <laughs> all right next question from the film's critic was such um he asked best animated film of the 2020s so far and when i saw the question the movie just popped in my head immediately. I'm just gonna say it's Wolf Walker. I have not seen that either. <laughs> oh my! It's I never on Apple. saw. I never saw it, and I I did see it on Apple, and I wanted to watch it because I saw it was nominated uh, for an Oscar, wasn't it? I yeah, I I had it in my top ten for 2020. I think it was number eight. Well, best if you animated. say it's the best animated movie of the 2020s so far, that definitely makes me very interested yeah. in watching it because it looked really cool. The animation style looked pretty unique. it's a yeah it's a it's so so different but the story is what gets you and you it's a totally different style of animation i really really dug it but just the story grips you and and it takes you for a nice little ride but um yeah what's your favorite so far both of you so my favorite of the 2020s so far it's actually really hard to choose it would have to be either between encanto or Mitchell's versus the machines. I really enjoyed both those movies a lot. And Mani and I have watched Encanto like what four times now? I think so. I don't know why we keep rewatching that movie, but every time I watch it, I just I'm See sucked guys, in with enjoyment. I you guess guys I love that movie. Talk about Bruno at all, or you don't talk about him? We don't, we don't talk about Bruno. I say incredible. Bruno, writes that. No. 
I'm so used to his writing style now because I've been a fan of him since way back. So it was totally in the Heights, Hamilton-ish style of writing and song that it works so well. And you could tell, even in in Moana, you could tell his style of writing. You know it's him. Uh, But I like Mitchell's versus Machines a lot. I think it was in my top movies but I think co- it was in my top 10 uh, top 10 movies last year. I, I, and it was actually, fun fact, was directed by a person from Salinas, where I'm from. Not yeah. everyone knows where we live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Can I not have said that? <laughs> you can cut that part out. If you I'll, I'll cut that. I'll, I'll make sure to leave it I'm in. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, Encanto, I think I gave like a 7.5. I wish I would. I wish I would have watched it on in the theater in mm-hmm. IMAX because the too. music was awesome. Uh, what about you, Mania? Your favorite? I mean, um, I guess you guys can kind of guess now because Tommy just said we watched it like four times already. Um, I really okay. So it's funny enough. I love animated movies, but for some reason, I don't ever gravitate towards them so much like the tv show categories we talked about. There's still a ton I haven't seen, but from the ones I have seen. Encanto will probably be the most fun and beautiful. It was just, I don't know. I, I, I love that. It makes me laugh and cry. And it's, I don't know. It's your back to basics Disney cartoon, which I was so happy to see. All right. So next question is from Luke underscore reviews. It's another account that I've been following since day one. He's a great guy. He asked if you were to travel in time to any location, what he's asking is take a movie from now and go back in time and show them the movie. What I thought of was uh, there's probably a better answer, but what I thought of was taking interstellar <laughs> and showing it to Stanley Kubrick in like 1967. Be like, Hey, I know you're making this, this movie 2001. Look at this movie that I'm going to show you from <laughs> 60 years from now. I just kind of see his reaction to it. That's a good one. I like that a lot. All right, who's who wants to go next? You can go ahead, go ahead. No, no I'm, go, I, I was go, just go. gonna say that this was actually a really good question, and I feel like I need a lot more time to think about it because I can't think of a good one. But you know how in the Terminator it was made in 1984, and they said in 1997 the robots will become self-aware, yeah. and we're we're not even at that in 2022. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know, maybe show him. Wally and shit like this is how the world's gonna end, not robots becoming self-aware. Uh you would take Wally to James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, because w- what year is it in um well it's Terminate 20, 29, 2030? I forget. I think it's 2018 or so. I don't know. Yeah, I think it already passed the year because I remember the date like when John yeah. Connor, John Connor, right? Yeah, keep, okay. Yeah. When he, when he's an older version, like he's a, the leader of, of of the insurgency, I guess. Like that's 2018, 2020s, right? Yeah, it's something like that. I think it's like 20. Yeah, I think it's like 18 or 19, one of those. So you would basically tell James Cameron to not make Terminator. Be like, dude, this is not even no, real. No, you know, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's I, I, you know funny about Terminator? Let me um, talk about it because I was recently listening to and uh interview with arnold on howard stern and he said that they originally casted oj simpson to be the terminator oh interesting what the heck (laughs) so he when arnold went for the movie he wanted to play reese 
That's mm -hmm. what he wanted to do. He didn't want to play the Terminator because he goes, no, he has like 10 lines. <laughs> right. I want to I want to talk more. And then what I what Arnold says is that he had a lunch with Cameron and he was telling him that, hey, whoever plays a the Terminator, they should uh, watch Westworld with you Brenner. And apparently Cameron's mm. like, why don't you just do it? And <laughs> another funny part is that he didn't want to say I'll be back. He, he told Cameron, I'm a machine. Why would the machine abbreviate? I will. I should just say I will be back. And he goes, and also my thick accent, I'll, I'll. It's not going to sound right. Huh. And Cameron's like, just, just say it. And he kept like arguing with him. And Cameron's like, what does it say on the page? I'll be back. And he goes, well, just fucking say it the way the page says it. And Arnold's like, okay, okay. That's anyway, funny. that's it. That's a side story about that. But anyway, what's what would what's the movie you would you'll do, Tommy? I don't know. I kind of thought of this one on a whim. I'd go not for any reason in particular, other than to say, look, you guys are still alive and you're old and you're still making these movies. <laughs> oh, show the Irishman to uh, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese back in like 1985 or something. Hey, uh, you made well, no, well, the Raging Bull was what 1980. Like, yeah, hey, was that uh, around then? Yeah, 1980. But hey, 39 years later, you're going to make a movie called The Irishman. All right. So uh, last question is from film.booth. He asks, worst movie theater experience? And have you ever snapped to someone in the movie theater? I've not snapped on anyone in the movie theater because I just don't have the guts to do it. <laughs> but my worst experience was probably when I went to see Knives Out. I went alone and I purposely picked the seat on an aisle where it would be like a group of people, an empty seat, and then me, because I was like, no one's going to take, no one goes to the movie theater by themselves. Lo and behold, the most obnoxious person sits next to me. She had a, the whole backpack full of things including her stinky salad, which was her snack for the movie theater, crunching really loud where I'm like, okay, she's going to stop eating at some point. So it's okay. She puts the salad on the floor and I'm like, all right, great. She's done. She starts going, this is, by the way, this is all while the movie's like happening. She starts like going through her backpack, taking out all her planners and everything because she can't find her soda in there. And then after she drinks her soda, she starts having the hiccups. And then right after that, she decides, I want more of the salad. So she picks it up and opens that like container really loud and just eating let it. Me, let then, me ask, there was no other seats for you to say it was a full? No, it was it was in a smaller room and it was mostly filled up. And honestly, the movie was already happening. So I was just sitting there hoping she would stop. <laughs> and then finally, she decides she's done with everything. And then she starts choking on her soda. So she's coughing really loud. And I was like, this is a never ending nightmare. Thankfully, halfway through the movie, she stopped. But that was probably the worst experience. Because once I start noticing a noise, I can't block it out. Yeah, I you have so much patience because I would have been done in like two seconds. I would have just walked up and gone to a different I seat. Was, yeah, and then she kept biting her nails too. And again, it was one of those things that I noticed her presence next to me and how loud and inconsiderate she was being that I just couldn't block it out anymore. 
How about you, Tommy? Um, Suicide I've actually, Squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a really loud. I knew one. it. And I, I, feel, I mean, I don't know if that was my worst one. Is though. that the newer one or the 2016? No, I've had one. some bad ones, and I hate cell phones, by the way. Also, the new thing that people seem to like doing is showing up five or ten minutes late and then looking for their seat with their cell phone flashlight. That drives me freaking uh, nuts. I'm like, like the, are you I'm, seriously I'm, shining your flashlight? The movie has started. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, those are the people who are the opposite of me because like i'm there 10 minutes before they even the previews are starting yeah <laughs> you and tommy too. should go to the movies at least i'd together. like to be <laughs> yeah because every time we go to the movies i get secondhand anxiety from him being anxious about not making making it on time <laughs> even though even though i can even though i complain about i've complained about the length of trailers now and the amount of trailers i hate that I have to wait 20 plus minutes, I still feel like I have to be there before the trailers start. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a OCD thing for me. Like I have to be there before the trailers start. But anyway, so, so yeah. I'm sorry. I, we interrupted you. So go ahead. Yeah. Suicide oh, no Squad. Um, yeah. So Suicide Squad was lousy because we kind of have this cursed theater that we go to <laughs> that seems to either shut down mid movie or it takes forever. This theater, too, speaking of trailers, they will play a half an hour's worth of trailers mm-hmm. at this theater every single time. So when we took my brother-in-law to go see Dune, they didn't start the movie for like 40 minutes and then half an hour of trailers on top of it. And it's a three-hour movie. We're like, we're here for five hours right now. <laughs> but anyway, Suicide Squad, the climax of the movie, literally like a big death had just happened and the movie just froze on the person's face while they were dying and then (laughs) it would unfreeze and they'd move a little bit and it would freeze again and then these kids in the audience were laughing at it and it was like kind of funny at first but then every time it would do they'd go (laughs) and and then we just got up and left and we just watched, watched it, it on HBO Max. Watched it That's on HBO. literally what happened. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was the last, literally the last 25 minutes of the movie, like the big climactic battle, the part that you would maybe want to see on the big screen. That's the part we did not see. That reminds me of when I, I told the story on Philip about the Mike podcast. Uh, when I went to watch The Two Towers, this was back in what, 2002. And I was in New York in the time. I wanted to see it in a big theater. And I actually watched it in, um, the, it's called the Magic Johnson Theaters over there in Harlem. And actually, no, it wasn't the Two Towers. It was the Return of the King. I, wa- mm. I was in New York two years in a row. So anyway, we just watched it. And we were watching the movie. The first part was when Frodo gets stabbed. <laughs> the spider <laughs> stabs him. And you hear in the background, hell no. Someone in the audience. Yeah. And I just, everybody started cracking up. And then we fast fast forward the movie. And then, you know how I return to the king. There's like 25 minutes of saying goodbye and all this stuff. And then, especially in the extended edition, it's like 40 minutes. But anyway, uh, there's a scene where Sam and Frodo are like staring at each other. And it seems a little too long they're staring. And then I think it must have been the same lady. She's like, hell no, they better not kiss. <laughs> it, it didn't ruin the movie. I just thought it was so funny. It just kind of yeah, like, that's good. 
it was hilarious. But anyway, um, do have one time. This is before before uh, reserve seating. Uh, my wife and I went to the movies. It was completely empty. We sat somewhere back, back middle. Before the, <laughs> right as the trailer started, these two old ladies. Remember, the theater is completely empty. They fucking sit right in front of us. Of course. And we looked at each other and we go, you've got to be kidding me. Like I said it out loud. I said, are you kidding? <laughs> this com- this theater is so ginormous and you're going to sit right in front. Are you guys right like perfectly centered? No, but 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 they're like literally and, and this theater is not like uh, stadium seating. So mm-hmm. all we see is the back of their heads. Anyway, right. we got up and we moved, but I we just I was just so pissed. I'm, I'm not going to berate up to old ladies but i'm like come on you gotta have more common sense than that you can't just it's like going to the beach and it's empty and you see a family set up and then you sit right in front of the right in front of them yeah like you have this mile long beach and you're gonna sit right in front anyway it <laughs> that's, that's the only thing you can think of so actually so when we talk about the worst experiences and i know this is not a question let's talk about our best just a quick can you think of anything that was your best experience if it was like watching a movie or so with somebody what do you guys have just a quick one that immediately pops into my head and i'm sure this is going to be the case for a lot of people um i don't think i'll ever forget seeing avengers endgame in the theaters for the first time i mean avengers infinity war 2 i remember leaving that movie and it felt like i was leaving a funeral or something everyone was dead quiet just (laughs) sad i was like you guys you do realize that they're probably all gonna come back to life yeah but endgame i just remember feeling like i legit feel like i'm at a sporting event right now people are cheering and clapping and it just felt like an entire room full of people who have watched these movies for however long, all there for the exact same reason, all equally as hyped to be watching the movie and just. Uh, so it, it, it deserved the hype and it deserved that acclaim like inside it that first day. But what do you what do you have, Mania? I don't know if I mentioned in the first couple of episodes we did, but I used to write for a website called modernhorrors.com. And the first review they asked me to do was they sent me to a screener of The Witch. It was so cool because it was like four people from like press to just do an early screening for a review. And that was the best experience because one, I felt really cool to be there. (laughs) I have arrived. Yeah, Yeah, like, excuse me, I'm here. And then um, since everyone was there to view it for reviewing purposes, nobody was talking Nobody was crunching on popcorn, nothing like that. It was just a very pleasant experience because it felt like how movies should always be viewed. I have two. I don't want to cheat. <laughs> uh, the first one I'll bring up is back in 2015, um, watching The Force Awakens. And that, and that day, I, it was a great experience because my friend, I, I had to work that day. And that was before this AMC that we go to did reserve seating. First come, first serve. So they were there at five in the morning waiting for tickets. And then I said, hey, can you hold me a spot? I, <laughs> I, I get off at because I, I go to work like really early. So I got off like at 10 and I got there at 10, 10, 15. So then my daughter shows up. I said, you know what? Let's do it like the old days. So she showed up like an hour later. So she stood there 
with me for like eight hours waiting for the movie. We just talked and, you know, we're just playing games on the side. And then my son and daughter, my son and wife show up like 15 minutes before the showing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that energy from that crowd and waiting for the anticipation and then you get the far, far away and you get the music. Oh my God, I've never felt so much like the goosebumps. It was so perfect. And that night, everybody was like, this is the greatest movie ever because you it's all about that ambiance in the in the oh, theater yeah. and you feel mm-hmm. so good and you're like star wars is back i still remember the best moment was ray and finn running and they're like what about this ship he's like, oh that's garbage <laughs> and yeah they, and then they show the falcon and everybody was just like erupted the it was, music da, 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 oh my God. that was <laughs> I, i'll never forget that but anyway uh, the second one I want to mention is Saving Private Ryan. I had watched it when it came out in 98, but in 99, I had moved to Arizona and we, well, it was a little theater. And I noticed that the theater was full with older people. And then I could see that it was pretty much World War II veterans. And we all know that first 30 minutes is one of the greatest scenes, movie history. Yeah. And after that scene, I look around and like every single person was like crying. Like they were reliving that moment again. And I felt like, damn, that that really like got to me. You know, it was just kind of like, wow, they just had to relive this horrific thing they went through. And it was so realistic. So anyway, that's one of the things that really got to me because it was kind of like so important. And I could think of other ones, but those are the two that stand out. All right. We can like literally stay up all night and talk about our movie theater experiences and movies and whatnot. Before we go on any longer, Tommy, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at my nerdy obsessions, my underscore nerdy underscore obsessions. I post movie reviews in my stories, a bunch of photography, nerdy stuff. And yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. Actually, I have one more question. Uh, do you know the count? of funkos and figures that you have before <laughs> oh my go. god the funkos hundreds hundreds of them the figures yeah. thousands probably i really don't know at this point i think it's, the funko count is close to 700 right now okay. <laughs> it's a lot yo anyway i just want to say thank you for coming on um we'll have you on again for sure yeah this was fun totally thank you for having me i really enjoyed it Thank you, Tommy, for coming on again. And thank you guys for listening to episode five. You guys can find us on Instagram. Our handle is the underscore real spotlight. And we have a link tree in our profile where you can click on it and it'll take you to all the possible places you can find us. Thank you for listening. And until next time, peace out.